We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that tight. We're talking emerging media, ED games, cannabis, you name it, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, a fool brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. Not with the brothers, various shades of brown. you <laughs> the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. What's up? We're back. This is the Whiskey Hue. Today we want to talk about hot topics. <laughs> Today we want, we want to dive into something that we've been doing in the last couple episodes, but we want to lean into it so we can have more time to just just rapid fire hot topics. Uh, today we want to we want we talked about uh, streaming music, so we want to dive into that a little bit more uh, from a hot topics perspective. But then also talk about uh, some of the, the hot you know cool things that are going on in the world, whether it's on the tech venture. Um, e-commerce, you name it, side of the business, and just dive into it. So, um, you know, let's kick it off, fellas. What you think? We're gonna we we talked about this. We're gonna actually screenshot our playlist, and I Anthony wants to put them on IG. So some of us might make some edits because I just told him I was supposed to take a long drive a couple of weeks ago. A couple, you know, and I had a all these '90s R&B hits that I put on that I used to listen to and that I used to study. And, um, you know, it makes me look like a 55-year-old minority woman. So I can't you know, <laughs> <laughs> go to Kenny Lattimore to, to Maxwell to D'Angelo. <laughs> you're going to be like that Michael Jordan, that meme with his headphones, huh? It's that new Kenny Lattimore. It's unreleased. <laughs> oh, my God. When he said Kenny Lattimore, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, that, that, that took me by surprise, man. Like Biggie was out. I, <laughs> Boy, no, Biggie, I, Biggie wasn't out yet. Biggie wasn't out then. That was like that was, that was, Oh no, he was. He was. Like 96, 97, 98. No, see, I, Jordan Jordan was 30, 30 some years old at that point. So he he didn't grow up. Didn't so this had I, I was conflicted about hearing that. Kenny Lattimore as game prep. So then um so I went into it. So you know, Paul Money, this dude on uh, Michael Smith, remember he used to be on his and her? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he he came here. on as a guest to Bomani. Bomani's that little skinny dude who's on with an. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I don't gravitate towards him. I think he's just kind of a you know. It looks like he could probably be a computer programmer somewhere, and then he's having have his ESPN show. But then he came on on his own show, and he like lets it loose, right? And yeah. he brought Michael Smith on. He goes, he goes. The thing with Michael Jordan is he's a country dude, North Carolina yeah. backwoods, and I think so. Then it made it sense to me. He placed it all together. And he said, uh, he goes, that's why he's listening to Kenny Lattimore. He's not going to, he's not going to be down with Biggie. I'm like, we don't know that, but you know, like I yeah. know he used to call, I won't go too deep into this, but he used to, why well, I know this, but he used to be a big R. Kelly fan, but back in the day, cause they, R. Kelly hit him up and say, you're a star here. I'm a huge star. R. Kelly was shit back in the day in Chicago. Yeah. And, and he had, you know, big, he was big. He was our Michael Jackson at the time, right. Um, from our city. So he used to call him Robert, Robert Kelly. You know, he was, I'm listening, I got Robert and his Ferrari downstairs, you know, and he used to talk about it. And that used to be, you know, it was cool because I have an attachment to that story, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, attachment uh, to that. All right, we're going to leave that right there. We're gonna, <laughs> and, before, and before you move off that topic, because we're, this is hot topics and we're all over the place. Hot you touched on Michael Smith. He was um, ESPN, his and hers. He got on oh, ESPN right? six, um, six o'clock episode. But he's now the uh, EVP and chief content officer for 
Collaboratory, a new LA studio startup focused oh. on developing original content around sports and featuring uh, athletes and storytellers. Let's so collab. let's collab, man. We were supposed to launch something in June. What's coming probably like September, October. Let's let's see something we could do. I want to do some sports stuff. So, uh, so here, here, see, this is what happens when we start ramb- rambling. The three of us. We'll, 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 we start off. We started off on music, and now we're talking oh, about yeah. sports, which they co- they coincide. But regardless of the fact, speaking of playlists, this, let, let me bring it back home for a second. All right, all right, playlist. Right. Let me tell you something. When I post my playlist on IG, it's gonna be because it, it, let's post let's post let's post our our, our, our songs and what our music that we listen to that kind of made us who we are. Let me tell. You, I grew up on early '90s hip hop too. I'm talking. I'm talking because you know I'm from, I'm from I'm from New Jersey. You guys are from the Midwest. So I, I, I'm talking like boot camp, click, of course Biggie, uh, Redman, Wu Tang. Oh, like, okay. so, so mine, mine's going to be a little harder. So <laughs> group home, like, I'm gonna rob you. And then the driving playlist. The, I have a I have a. I told you guys off before we we started recording my cookout playlist, where where it has a mixture of like. Everybody kind of likes this music. Or you got a little Ja Rule, and then it goes to LL, Booming Systems, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh your grandma here? I got some. Yeah. To, the, to, the, to the Gap Band. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. All right. So, I, you know, you're going to be, you're going to laugh at this. The first dude, the first, I had a cassette. It was like second grade, and it wasn't given to me by a black dude, a brown dude. It was a white dude named. Should I put his name out there? Cantwell. M. Cantwell. I'll give you his first initial. Cantwell. That was his last name. I probably should have done that in reverse. <laughs> but he gave me my first tape. He goes, I know you're into this, right? He got it from that, you know, those catalog warnings and Houdini. The freaks come out at night. <laughs> freaks come out at night. That shit was hot. <laughs> then I got, I was sold. Um, but we should, let's go. Okay. When was that? That would have been like 98, 80s, right? 80s. You're, you're, you're talking 80s right there with Houdini. Let's do this, man. Let's talk about Prince and Michael Jackson. People know Michael Jackson, probably the best selling artist of all time. Actually, the Eagles, for some God known reason, their album just beat out Thriller as the most because they're still out there touring. So they get a chance to beef up yeah. sales. You, you can, so you can bring new fans in. Michael Jackson was, you know, people like him and Prince, people, you, you came into their world to listen to their kind of music, right? That was just different. It was always different, right? So the cool thing is about, so I want to bring this back to Prince, but I, as a fan of music, and then I got into the industry later, I study these cats a lot. Prince is a goddamn genius. He's the Michael Jordan of music. Right? <laughs> you see how I did that? <laughs> you see? Um, and Michael, ja- Michael Jackson was a pop star. My, Prince was, he's the global star, Michael Jackson. A Prince technician, computer geek, computer nerd. He was a big Bulls fan, big Michael Jordan fan too. So that all like he used to do his shows during like part halfway through a set, he go and check on the scores during the Bulls championships runs. Mm. So that was just near and dear to me, right? A Midwest cat. He played in the Super Bowl that the Bears went to. Um, he's a Minnesota Vikings fan, probably, but he was wearing blue and orange. So boom, <laughs> you know what I'm uh, when he performed. But his thing is, so this is a story that it's well documented, but maybe a lot of people don't know. Prince put out what Caddis, you know, put him in the stratosphere as being a pop star was 1999, that double album that he put out. And that was in 1982, right? And 1982, (laughs) he put it out first. And then there was all these heavy synths because he was a big computer geek. No one knew this, right? A lot of people don't. Computer geek, he would take sounds, manipulate them. That's a lot lot of what we did in the studio later on. And he put that album out. Little Red Corvette came out because of MTV. He, He was shot to being a superstar. Michael Jackson, at the same time, Thriller came out 1982, came out later. 
he had a whole album in place with Quincy Jones, one of the dopest producers, but he was from an orchestral jazz standpoint. Michael Jackson heard that album from Prince, had a hissy fit, and said, let's go back into the goddamn studio. This is not going to work. Thriller was called Starlight. Rod Temperton wrote a lot of Michael Jackson's hits, right? And he said, this is Starlight, Starlight. You can't do that shit. So he went back. He goes, look, this heavy wall of synths, the drum percussion. You mm-hmm. take a lot of songs from Thriller. The percussion is straight from Dove's Cry or Little Red Corvette or um, wow, the other one. So I can, I'll go track by track someday. But it's just uh, Michael Jackson. He heard Prince. He's like, this shit is hot. We got to go back and fix this. He's like, Chrissy, come on, man. <laughs> so they went to the studio, fixed a lot of stuff. Thriller, as we know, became the biggest pop album of all time. Wow. Uh, rightfully so. Rightfully so. He was, he was an entertainer. But that's that's my story. And Prince is a, 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 a entertainer, man. He was a fucking entertainer. That's the difference, right? Like, and, and also, he was a great business mind as well. Let's yeah. not short him on that because. Michael Jackson? No. Um, well, Michael Jackson, too, yes. But Prince but on another level. Well. Huh? Prince. Prince was Prince on another level. I completely agree with you. He was the first to do so many things, right? He was first to do release online music, downloads. First one to do that in the 90s, right? First one to crowdfund an album 15 years before Kickstarter came through. First one to win a Webby Award because he's a tech geek, right? I mean, you know, before iTunes existed, he was he had a whole online store to pick up his thing. Social media, he used to use it. He used to post like a party at Paisley Park, his mansion in Minnesota, and, you know, hey, for one minute, he'd post it, get it off. Whoever saw it, you had to follow him all day. He knew that's a way to build a buzz. They'd yeah. show up, they'd party with him, 30 people. He'd have Madonna show up. Like, I know this dude's because he's just so dope. He's so dope. So, like, if I was still, and this is going to, people, I'm going to probably get some hate mail. If I had to look at both of them, Michael Jackson moved me. I had his yellow and white. I remember yellow vest, white shirt, poster on my wall back in the day, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I got into studying music. It was his his shit. It was far beyond. And then Timberland got it for me later. What we can get into later, but um, that he, he was dope. Prince just we don't know you know. And he owned the industry from eighty two to eighty nine. It was him. Then came Bobby Brown and just changed it for everybody. And he kind of stole Prince's thunder. Took knocked him off throwing the New Jack Swing, Teddy Riley, all these cats, yeah. LaFace. They all came. And then it's, Neil it's, Cole, two thousands. It's it's hilarious because you know it's funny. I I was so I was so into hip hop. Right. Yeah. I was so, I was, you know, I was so into just like grabbing the newest hip hop album, especially in late eighties, early nineties, where it was, you know, you know, with it's like Rock Kim and NWA back then. Right. You know, and you know, here's the thing, like NWA was there for me, you know, like it's funny when NWA, the movie came out, uh, uh straight out of Compton. Yeah. And people were, people, we were hyped. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it didn't have the same effect on me here. Right. Like it wasn't like, it was like also was when straight out of when they were really hot, it was like ladies. I was about eight or nine. Ladies. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, but then, but then in the early nineties, when you start for me, it was like mob deep when it comes to yeah. and, and, and then Nas came out with his first album and then Jay-Z, Reasonable doubt, like people, people talk about Jay Z now, but reasonable doubt was hot if you listen to hip hop. But a lot of people didn't know reasonable doubt, yeah. And then it was just like, it was like, yeah, I was listening to this. And I, I, I'll, I'll throw another one out if you guys, Foosh Nickens. Oh, yeah, like I was, it, I was so East Coast, and then, and then, oh, it's in mid to late 90s when it started shifting, you started seeing a real shift to shiny more, suits. Well, yeah, the, the Diddy, Diddy, Diddy started coming in the Midwest, and then you know, really the South started South, really South coming out, over. and then new forms of like, uh, yeah, like it, it was then, always when I got to college, and then, um, huh? 
No, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your story. You, you had something going. Go. No, I was, I was saying when, when a college hit, when I met some people from the South and they were just talking about Master P, and I was like, what? <laughs> you was high for like six, seven years, right? Yeah, no limit. Yeah. No limit was owning it, and I, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it at the at the initial moment, yeah. and then until I went to a party. Yeah, and that crowd went crazy. I, like, I, went, I went to school down south, and it was over. Yeah, he rolled into the uh, the hot boys, yep. uh, hot Lil Wayne, Wayne. and oh, then you man. know I, I went to school in Atlanta, so you know all those ATL artists. So Pastor Troy, if you remember that, woo! Uh, yeah. Oh damn, it was, it was just amazing. Good times, man. So like, um, we had it was actually it was soft because so. Rap came from, di- they, you know, as a counter to disco. They're like, we need something. We don't need these shiny ass suits. We need something harder. Right. So Dr. Dre was wearing those shiny ass suits back in the day because he was a DJ. Right. <laughs> and then he split and, and then they came into a grittier sound. So Eric B and Rockham went hard. Right. Ice Cube all went hard. And then and then it came back to the shiny ass suits later on down, as you just mentioned. Right. So that it's just funny how they, these things evolve. Uh, and, and it was like, it's just cool ass. I love I love this music space, man. So it's it's interesting. So like for us, two thousands in the early two thousands when I started getting into it, started making music out here. Um, so there was production houses when you're. So I was urban. So if I was, I'll put it out there. Eighty five percent of my music catalog that I listen to on a daily that I have personal is urban music. It's going to be hip hop and R and B, and then fifteen percent I'll have some rock in there because I had to study rock to learn how to write a good beat in hip hop and R and B. It just helped because the chord progressions and the beats and the syncopation. The next guy that kicked it for me was Timberland. So I'm a Chicago dude. I used to dig Timberland sound at that time. And, you know, that time, late 90s, early 2000s, more than Kanye sound. Kanye was just coming out actually later on. Right. And it's still I, I still hung with Timberland, even though I'm a Chicago dude. And I still would pick him over Kanye. Kanye's got some hardest. He's still relevant now. Uh, Timberland's kind of fallen off a bit, but he's he's dope, man. But Timberland, I used to actually bite some of his shit. I'll put it out there. I admit, I admit it. Because <laughs> you, know, you would you would work your ass off. They would put bids out for albums, hey, for projects, and you would just work your ass off. I know how hard we worked. They worked harder somehow, and they would get the, they would get it. So Timberland would get the deal. Kanye would get the deal, and their stuff would be out there. Um, but it's it's dope. Do you know you know how production houses kind of work? And it, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Go ahead. Were you about to say something? Anthony? Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say to your point about 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 rock, right? And, 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 and alternative, whatever. The, the re- respectfully, like, not going to lie, like I, you know, in the '90s, I didn't care two shits yeah. about rock or anything like that. And it didn't hit me till you know maybe 10, 15 years ago when I started listening to rock, like like Tom Petty, Metallica. Right, the heavy metal. Yeah, no. Listen, I'm not going to front. Metallica, you know, I still just gave the side eye, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, listen, listen. <laughs> when it comes, you know, you know what, it, what, it, what it has, what, what, what happened was that my, I, I started appreciating the music, the musicianship of yeah. it, yeah, of all forms, and 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 even listen, I, I listened to uh some some soundtracks where like you know from a Star Trek, their soundtrack, just to how they put together a, a, a orchestration of music, uh, yeah. of tying it. Together. So that's why I started. I got my own rock playlist where I, I toss everything I think is not hip hop into rock. Your diversity playlist. And then I got my yes, yeah, diversity playlist. And then I got, you know, I have an EDM. Like I have this EDM playlist, like with, you know, the who's the EDM guys? I can't. I'm, you oh, know, you dead and all these dance, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like even even what's the name? Idris Elba. What's he plays? He plays that world in in um. Oh, he's, he, he's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to be in that. He's like, hey, look, he does it too, so it's okay for Anthony. <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, but right. So yeah. I, it's funny. Metallica back in the nineties. I used to think anyone listening to them must be racist, right? And and that's just not yeah. true. I mean, probably, no, probably, probably ninety percent true. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but they were hard. They went hard, right? So I'm talking rock, like, so I would study like the Motley Crue's of the world because it's all about the same game. You're just trying to get in front of girls, right? And it's like, where you're doing it. What? <laughs> that's all it was about. Motley Crue, Van Halen. I, I'd get down with them. I'll still get down with them once in a while. So, so where, where, where? If I, if I don't bring this in, I just thought about it. And yeah, ba- ba- after the, this versus battle last week with uh, uh, Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man. Yeah, you you got it. We got to re, re, and that's a dance hall, but we got to respect reggae's influence because reggae, honestly, the artists from Jamaica really kind of started hip hop, right? Yeah, up whoa, in the Bronx, Bronx. really? Huh. Well, there, there were there, a lot of them were, you know, like Harris One. I think Harris One, he's Jamaican, right? So, I'm not saying that they were like reggae started, but well, is that it, that Caribbean influence kind of yeah. really start it was kind of the start of uh, of the early forms of hip hop. Listen, I'm not I'm not Caribbean. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't you can't miss some of the influences. But at the same time, when you look at reggae and dance hall and now soca and the eight million different forms from the Caribbean, you know, how how you listen. And now Afro beats, mm. you know, Afro, yeah. you, you hear the tie in of how the musicianship is all kind of the same. Like, yeah. I, I don't yeah, like it's it, it is like when you hear Afro beats and, I'm not, you know, when you, it, that's the root yeah, ultimately. And you yeah. listen to Caribbean, like whether it's reggae, dancehall, soca, even if from a Latin side, uh, uh, exactly. it, it, it's all when you hear the beats and you just sit there, take out all your other influences and just say, all right, let's listen. You hear the same thing. It's just delivered a little differently. I was going to ask you, how has the Latin side of you play, played into those beats? Because it's all a lot of it's beat driven. It's sexy. It's beat driven music. It, it, it's, it's all beat driven, but it's, you know, it's I. You know, because all right, so I'm, you know, my other half, as you guys like to point out at the beginning of every <laughs> So mother half I'm African American, one half, and the other half is, you know, is Mexican and Cuban. Uh oh. So yeah, so there there's a lot of like different forms of music music that just lives that I just like, all right, you know, I I love it. Like I I love but now, now I'm listening and just re- respecting the listening and respecting the sounds. I love the, the tie-ins of how yeah. kind of all you can hear the influences of each other. And for me, a South Asian kid growing up in you know Northwest yeah. Chicago and downtown, so we had so where I'm from and in, from India, my parents. I never lived there. I visited. It's very beat-driven music. It's rural. So in the rural pockets, it was beat-driven. They're working in the fields. They're farming. They're doing this. It's beat-driven bhangra. That's what it's called. And that influence, so, you know, Dr. Ray was one of the first to sample it. Working with um, DJ Easy. No, who was it? They had a song with Truth Hurts in the 90s. And it was the first time it was a crossover. Then Hove, then Jay-Z did it later. So for me, beat-driven music, I was drawn to it always because of that. It was playing around the house and my parents were into music. And then Urban, my brother, went to Chicago. Down, to, He's older than me. And he brought this how it ties Clyde and my story in together. In, weave it in together. So he went down. To, he went to college first, obviously, five, six years older than me. And he brought home house music. I'm like, man, this shit is dope, right? So I'm in high school or middle school, whatever. I'm in, and I'm, I'm like, this is, this is dope music, man. So I'm hanging out listening to this. And then he would bring home New Edition, which is already old by that time. It was already old when, you know, it had already been out for like 10 years, right? But it was, and then Johnny Gill, that, his voice to me is just massive. You know, so then I started trying to sing it 
and, and, and I loved it. So then, so house music left Chicago, went up to Michigan, went up to Detroit, Detroit, it found a home for a little bit and just really got popular there. And then it fizzled out in America, went to Europe and it just, it's still hot. No, 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 no. So here's the thing. House music is huge in New Jersey. North no, Jersey. what I'm saying as a, it never got to rap scale. What I'm oh, saying, yes, uh, it, 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 every, yeah, yeah. In Detroit, yeah, yeah. every year they still around Memorial Day weekend. They still yeah. have that hot ass festival. I've been to it. My brother lives out there. You know that's and um, I've been to it. It's, it's hot. <laughs> so from a high school side, we listened to house house music, but then they kind of tweaked it and made something called Jersey Club. And maybe, uh, yeah, dude, I will I will send you guys some tracks. And that, that was our part. Jersey Mike's. What is this? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I never heard of this. <laughs> we, we uh, so you and I just went. We've been going on. We got, we got to get, we got, we got to get Michigan in here. Classic. Okay. So, <laughs> hey man, you get that new Kenny Lattimore? <laughs> the Michael Jordan era, half right? Yeah, Kenny Lattimore. No, <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> so, no, no one did. No one did. I was like, really? <laughs> oh man. Man, you see, you see, Kenny Lattimore came on Twitter. He's like, yeah, I gave him that album. He's like, you said, I got one minute here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab this one minute of fame. <laughs> I used to think, in my new album coming out, coming out next week. This <laughs> <laughs> is the thing with Kenny Lattimore. He was, he was good. I loved it. I remember he's, he's, you know, and he had his wife was a S something, a Shaw, uh, the beautiful. She was a singer as well. Whatever her name, wow. S something. Anyway, he, you know, he was married to her. I'm like, oh man, he got that. Damn, all right. <laughs> and he, he had two, three hot tracks, and you know, they're, they're, you know, he was dope. But he was neither here nor there. There's no defining no. unique quality to him. Um, it, 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 that's why yeah, I he, forgot about he, him until he mentioned. He, he, looks, he, remind, he reminds me of Kim. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like Kim, he, he was Kim is a little better to me, but. Kim's, but he's he's been around for like in the last 10 12 years now right yeah 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 he, wait, he, yeah yeah okay yeah he's neither here nor there he's good neither here nor Clyde is looking at this clock it's like you two are just running your damn mouths Clyde's like Clyde has people talk for him he's too risky he's too risky to mingle with the help he's like right now over here alright Clyde what you got what you got Oh man, um, <laughs> I think right now, we're hell off. <laughs> <laughs> we're at twenty minutes, fellas. Uh, all right. This is what happens. This is what happens. You unleashed a bottle, right? So right just right, right. you know, 15, 15 collective drinks, but um, thirteen by Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been a, this has been a good one around our hot topics around music. Um, before we before we hop off, I want to just do the rapid fire. Uh, because I like to do this to you guys about what's going on in the news. We're done so, with music. Damn. Um, All right. <laughs> just pull it, pull it back in. Just pull it back in. I saw an article recently today that Allbirds and Adidas are getting together and joining forces to design really? a sustainable shoe. Uh, that's something that's very interesting from the standpoint of two essentially competitors coming together. I think about it as a potential uh, merger opportunity for Adidas to get into a market where one of the hottest, hottest uh, growing shoe brands. Um, so I just wanted to point that one out. That's dope, man. And uh, another another hot topic is um, Elon Musk got that $700 million trigger uh, pay and that bonus pay. So mm. you know why he wanted everything to open up in California? I'm going to put this out there. I think it's true to be qualified for the top, you know, in the Dow or like the S and P 500, you need to have, I think four quarters of sustained growth and they were at mm. three. 
There are three. Uh-huh. So everything shut down. He was like, uh, I need my cast back. I, was, I need that one clip. I'm, I'm a baller, but I need that one notch on my belt. You know, in the business world. <laughs> so I think that's what he wanted. I think that's what he was pushing for. Let's open up. Let's get back in. He got that. He had triggered. He got the bonus today. He just announced right before we started taping. Like, that's kind of wow. dope. Okay. Smart man. And he was yeah. on Jay yesterday. He was on what? He was on what? Jason Hill's uh, car show. Oh, yeah. I saw like a minute of that. I'm like, what the hell are these two cats doing together? Cars and spaceships. <laughs> he a spaceship yesterday as well. Right. So he had his PR team working. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I was, yeah. Go ahead. What you saying? I was, I was going to say my hot my hot topic is the NBA. Looking okay. forward to what this thing launching and having um, that the NBA is going to do a whole lot of testing with the playoff format. Yeah. At the same time, how cool will it will it be to have the NBA in the middle of the summer? Yeah. Right where typically it's just baseball. Then <laughs> preseason for NFL. How cool will it be? The unfortunate side is that you know. You know, you know, COVID nineteen is still on the horizon, so getting together at a sports bar probably won't be the thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but in the Ozarks. yeah, unless you're in the Ozarks <laughs> at a pool party. <laughs> but but it's going to be kind of cool when youth is hot as hot as hell, and you know, maybe late summer or August, maybe you can have your cookout and have have. Uh, round two, you know, semifinals, whatever the, of the conference, semi-conference finals on to watch some basketball. That'd be kind of cool. I, and, and I think it's going to be a logistical appreciation of if the NBA could pull this off, if they do it at uh, one of the Disney estates to kind of yeah. make this all happen. How dope yeah. is Disney, man? Disney, they're like, hey, you know what? We can make some money here. <laughs> hey, hey, and Florida. <laughs> I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what's going to happen is if the NBA, Essentially, the NBA made everyone notice that the COVID nineteen was real. Yeah. Um, yes. Once, they, once they, they stopped the game in the middle of it, I think that was a turning point where everybody was like, "Oh, this is more than just the flu." They um, saved hundreds of thousands, I, I, tens of thousands of lives. They saved it by stopping it that early, right? Exactly. I agree. So if, if they have the ability, Disney, to say, "You know what? We can bring the NBA back to our property. We can secure their safety." What this is going to do for the NBA, I mean, for Disney, is say. You know, it gives them credibility overall to all the customers because if we can make sure the NBA players are safe, they're guaranteeing that, you know, we're not going to be spreading. It's okay for me to spend my hard earned money and go to Disney and know that I'm going to be safe in the immediate future. So I think it's a brilliant play for the Disney side. Um, above it's that CEO that's a CEO that fool was like, I don't know if he's a guy <laughs> going to Disney parks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree still there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, no, I no, Iger just stepped down because he's like, this shit's gonna be a, a year and a half. I don't want this on my legacy. He stepped back. He just, he just that's exactly what he did, right? Because he he man, what he did, he was going, he wanted to go out on top, and I get it. You know, he's like, oh, this is gonna be a year long thing. I'm gone, and then now he's stepping back in. He's like, I'm still in, in charge of content, but I'm sure he's he's you know he's still in. <laughs> now that it's coming down, he's gonna get back in. Let's see. Disney is playing that. They've they've positioned themselves to be ready. Yeah. And it's just, I, I let's see let's see if it plays out it works out for them but I think it is yeah you, um, you hear the one thing Damian Lillard said he's like I'm not gonna play unless we're gonna play I'm like well you better sit down then I guess he's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like they're like ninth or tenth seed right now right I mean if you looked at the it, it becomes it, this becomes a player the reason why they're making this happen it becomes the players want to make because this becomes a I, I need to make I need to get paid everybody needs to get paid yeah besides talked about that one time a couple episodes ago go listen to our podcast sign oh. up subscribe <laughs> and uh 
you know, make sure not everybody's going, not everybody's getting paid right now from yeah. the players. And, and then, you know, yes, they make a lot more money than the average person, but they need to get, you know, for their work, they want to get paid. So, yeah. you know, I, I think they need to make this happen. And at the end of the day, this would be a good testing ground of whether the NBA should be during the summer or start the season later and later, whatever like that. I don't know. This summer, it could work. In a typical summer, people are traveling, so they're going to miss out on a lot of that viewership, I'm assuming, right? So winter, fall is perfect. I would right? say, so, yeah. I, I think season stays the same, but this is a unique situation. Yeah, this could be, you know, let's see if they change the format. We'll see. They're, th- they're talking about trying to keep it as similar as possible, but let's see. It's yeah. going to be dope. All right. Ellis, so this has been a good one. Um, any other hot topics you want to share before we close out? One more thing I'm using. I'm kidding. You <laughs> <laughs> like that new Justin Bieber Justin Bieber album. <laughs> hey, he's a, he's a pastor, so he can go back to church, right? Uh, <laughs> they're opening up churches now. He's like, oh, Pastor yep. Bieber. Whiskey Hugh. <laughs> All right, let's get off of this before we before we delve into topics that we can't re- retract. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's been good. Peace. Follow us on IG, Facebook, Whiskey Hugh. Peace. Peace.